Well, I'm going to be open and vulnerable. Um, when, I, when I started this uh, thing about the goodness of God, I, I didn't know what a struggle it would be. I start something and then I would be, no, I don't, that, that didn't feel right. I started not something else. So hopefully what I have is going to speak. Um, that's one of the reasons I was asking for testimonies too is because of the fact that uh, I wanted to see the goodness of God working in people's lives. You know, some of these are kind of small, but yet they're, bit, some, they're big in God's eyes. And my honest, my honest opinion is in, jo- in Joshua, he was told to lay up stones and bring to remembrance those things. And I really believe as we, you know, we're going to save these testimonies. Or I am anyway, and I'll keep them on file. Because I really believe that, that we, you know, we can, say, we can go back and say, okay, God, do you remember this when? Do you remember when you did this? You know what? I don't think he can help but come running. And we can run to him. Because I remember, I think, was it Vince Gibson? Or what his name from uh, Vince from down at uh, Fuse Church? He had that song, Come Running. And I really believe that as we come running to the Lord, he's going to meet us. He's going to come running right towards us, too. So as we, even like last week, there was a person here and he was down. I could just see it and I couldn't figure out, well, what's going on? And he'd been alone all week. And anyway, and I, I was meditating on it during the week, and I reminded him today, I says, when those situations come, you start reminding God how good he is. What you've done for me, what you did for me, and how good you've been to me and my family, and how you keep me safe. I said, you, but he, and then he can't help but come and meet you where you're at. And I just felt I can just see where the joy of the Lord will begin to fill his heart and be filling it. I could say, I mean, even like you're dancing while you're driving, yeah. you know. So I have a few testimonies here. Um, the first one I have is from Jesse, Jesse, I guess. And the first one, she says, the Lord helped me buy a house. She said, I prayed to the Lord and he granted me permission. But she was nervous. There was no one around, her parents weren't around to help her make such a big decision. And when she started getting full of anxiety, the Lord told her to trust him. That he'd help her. And then there there came a house on the market she'd been looking at. And it was, it was probably pretty high priced. But then, in three months later, she went back to the realtor and the house had dropped $10,000. <laughs> and no one had made an offer on it in three months. So, but, and she said the house came with uh, a new driveway, a new roof, new AC, uh, a new uh, patio, concrete patio, a working fireplace, new appliances, and hardwood floors. <laughs> so you can see, God was look, that's the goodness of God working towards her. 
And then she also said I, she heard her back and she could barely stand. And then, and then she just, you know, continually sought God. And she made a comment in her testimony that her roommate had the same back injury, but she had to have surgery and she hasn't had to have surgery yet. Yep. <laughs> and, so, and so the Lord is continually to bring healing to her body. And then she's also praising God for her mom, her dad, and her sister. They were, and, um, and delivered her brother from addiction, drugs, and alcohol. He's still a work in progress, but God is delivering him. And so you can see the goodness of God in her family. Robin Gen Robert and Jenny Hughes. When they went down to RTF, they got freedom after years of wondering and asking and wondering what, what they're supposed to do. They received some freedom, and then now, now God has been faithful to make provision for them to go down there for five months to become RTF uh, trainers. And so... That you can see God's faithfulness there. But then also on December 1st, Jenny had a, got a real bad burn on her arm while making candy. It became infected and had to go to the doctor for it. After two weeks, it was still infected. So she went forward with prayer. The stinging and burning immediately stopped. <laughs> and by the end of the week, it had been completely healed. Yeah, another, another place where God's goodness moved in. And then there's Jeff, uh, Susan Julian. Remember she had, uh, I believe, shoulder surgery. And so she uh, was, was, couldn't believe that Chad Lenz had prayed for her for accelerated healing. And after Sunday, she gave the he gave the word to the therapist, and it was the, using the word "amazing" because the soldier she could turn a whole 180 degrees full extension. And then she said, um, she's also said uh, about a prodigal daughter who came to church with us, into the prayer line, and asked for forgiveness from from us. To, then she recommitted her life. And now the, this, what she, the season that they're getting going into, she's going to be opening up a, a clinic in Hagerstown. It's been on her heart for almost 20 years. And now she's going to be opening a clinic over in Hagerstown. And it's, I think, March, I believe, isn't it? March 1st, yeah. So you can see she's been on a journey. And she's, she's actually leaving the, the status quo of a medical field and to start her own clinic. Andy McGraw, six years ago, he got cancer, a tumor in his brain. And even now, the, the doctors have said that he shouldn't even be living this long there. He's a total amazement, you know. And it just blesses my heart when we do praise and worship on Sunday mornings. He's starting to, he didn't do it today because he'd been sick, but he came, he comes up front. You know, so that's a testimony of God. And then he also got to see his son graduate. Uh, last year and so it's been an ongoing process for six years and so God is continuing to be gracious and his goodness is in their family 
Yeah, it's not grown. That's correct. Gary Tower. You know, that's, that's been an amazing journey for them. And, uh, he, you know, he, he has his days. You know, but I talked to him this morning. I said, God, Gary, you look good. And so he's, he's, in a pro- he's, he's still in progress. You know, the goodness of God is still working on his life. And it's just, he's such a joy to see back there in the mornings and greeting people, and he's just, you know... And then also the, that they had RTF ministry in the, this year and they got, got freedom, continued freedom from that. This next one, I'm going to have this person come up and read because the medical terms I cannot understand or pronounce. Sandy, please come on up. Okay, I'm going to um, take it back actually to 2011. In 2011, I was diagnosed with a, um, a benign tumor in my larynx. And um, by the grace of God, it was an, uh, about a two to two and a half month journey before I got to the right doctor that figured out what was going on. And um, from there, sent to another doctor who was able to use the Da Vinci robot to go in and take out the tumor. Um, <laughs> and in the process, he had to take out a bit of the margin, make sure he had it all. So I lost um, my uh, right false vocal cords, part of the epiglottis, which is the swallowing mechanism. And uh, out of that, I had some nerve damage in my right. True vocal cords are actually still technically paralyzed. But yet. Amen. <laughs> so. Um, that in and of itself is God's glory because it is in my heart and in my DNA to sing and to, um, you know, I come from a, a, a long line of musicians. So um, that's, that's a huge testimony and it took time and it took healing, but um, once the Lord restored my swallowing, he just continued to bless me and he continued to touch my voice. And, and so um, that's huge. But then... What we discovered is in 2013, I had another tumor, and it was at the carotid artery, and we discovered that this was a genetic issue, that I had a a gene mutation, so I'm supposed to be sprouting out tumors according to this gene mutation. But I met with some very, um, some some spiritual leaders and spiritual parents in my life, and we broke off the curse, because that's what it is. It's a generational curse being passed down through my father's side. And um, when they went in to do um, the, the, the surgery for this tumor, they um, realized, they found a skull-based tumor. And so then that led me on another journey to whether or not they could remove. And basically this tumor is a small tumor that came in through the ear or towards around the ear and it's kind of burrowed through the skull and it's sitting it was sitting right up next to the brain, right at the skull base. And um, there, it was not operable because they would have disturbed three cranial nerves, which would have left me paralyzed and other things. So radiation was the option. So when they got in, my first diagnosis was 28 days worth of radiation. And then when, I, when I, they did the, the next MRI, the radiologist said, no, we're gonna just do one, one hit. We're gonna do one fell swoop. 28 days in one shot, 
and they did. And I drove to New York City 48 hours later. It was crazy, but I had one heck of a headache for about 24 hours and was able to drive up and see my son 24 hours later. And then um, through that process, every year now, they um, do an MRI, head and neck, from the top of my head down to my adrenal glands. And um, they're looking for new growth and they're looking for new tumors. Um, and so far, there's been nothing. There's no right, new growth, right, there's no, no nothing. This tumor was not supposed to do anything. It, the radiation was supposed to stop the growth and it was supposed to just lay dormant. But the first MRI result came back that there was actually some shrinkage. So that was just amazing. So in December, I had, um, of course, any little lump in my throat, I'm like, you know, so, but I'm still standing in faith, but I just don't want to be negligent. So I went and um, spoke with my ENT again, who scheduled some pathology. I was supposed to have a fine needle aspiration of, of whatever was there, and another MRI. And um, when I got to the pathology office, she took a look with ultrasound. She was extremely thorough, couldn't find anything to even take a, a needle biopsy up. And so, um, and then when I got my MRI results, the previously described right jugular, glomus jugular, which is the, the skull-based tumor, is not definitively seen. So it is now official in black and white that the tumor is not seen on MRI. It is officially gone. And then we had a, another miraculous healing here, and that was Joel. You know? And I think, you know, even like Karen, she sent out that email, or Eric and Karen both sent out, rejoice to remember the goodness of God with us today. <coughs> and I like that phrase, uh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we can just see where, you know, God's goodness is, an, is all around us. And you know, it, and uh, even from my, in my life, um, I shouldn't be here. At the age of about 12 or 14, I rolled a farm tractor upside down. And that seat was crushed into the ground. I was taken off. I know I was by an angel because everything went white. Everything around me went white. And a few years later, I rolled a milk truck. In fact, I rolled two of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, also one time I was I was behind in my day and I was hurrying through the day and I just happened to roll through a stop sign. Here come a car from the opposite direction and sh she twisted around, went down the ditch, and I thought, oh my gosh, she's dead. She walked out of the car. So you can see the goodness of God is, is just, uh, he's been on my life. And, and sometimes we just, and I wasn't even born again. And I think, you know, sometimes we just, we have to understand that he's always good. He's there. But, you know, you also got to consider, you know, I looked at the, around the, around us sometimes, you know, we don't see all the turmoil in the world happening. You know, we don't see, it's hard to see the goodness of God in those situations. It's hard to see the goodness of God when a young child is abused, you know, or somebody loses their life suddenly. But, you know, 
God is there. God sees it. I read an article that says where the goodness of God is still there because he's actually coming running into that situation. So it's on, it's on, and later on as I get on here, it's just I, I think we have to have a change of an internal perspective of who God is. And we have to draw hard on that, that God is good. We just have to because the world, I can just like I'm sitting here, I just heard the word, the earth is groaning. He's groaning for the, for the people that love God, who know God, who's been saved by God. It's groaning so, that, so we can depend on that goodness, so we can express that goodness out to the world. You know, we hear it in the news every day that the world is groaning. It's upset because the spiritual realm is getting turned upside down. You know, Psalms 34.8, you know, I'm going to repeat it again. It says, oh, taste the sea. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who puts his trust in him. Yeah. You know, like I appreciate Jesse's there. I just wrote down on a couple of the paragraphs, the first paragraph, she was trusting. She was trusting that God was going to be there for her. And then on the second one, I said, and I put she was seeking. Oh, seek and see that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Uh, just bear with me here now. Uh, I'm going to be going into an area where I think one of the biggest goodness of God ever took place. And that was by sending his son to the earth. He made a way for us that we didn't have to be like the people in the Old Testament to offer sacrifices every year. You know, And they said even like uh, um, this book I read is, and still reading for the second time. It said even if that if they took the sacrificial lamb to the altar and somebody had spit on that spit on it, that that sacrifice became unclean. So they had to go back and do it over again, get another one. And you know, so I think when Jesus came, he he broke that curse. He broke that that curse of having to go to every year to Jerusalem. You imagine having to go to Israel and travel every year. <laughs> and, you know, the sacrificial lamb. But Jesus came. He came, he took away our sins. He made a way, a better way for us. That we might receive the forgiveness of our sins. Not only that, but that we would be the proclaimers of God's goodness with just, not with words, but with demonstration of power. Like Jesus did when he healed the sick. When he opened blind eyes. The lame would walk. He healed diseases. He raised the dead. And he set people free from demonic oppression. That is the goodness of God. And I really believe this is part of our assignment into this day and age. That we got to see the goodness in that. But Jesus himself, you know, he came and he, he stripped himself of everything. Of the Godhead. He came and he came into the earth. And even then, Jesus was subject to Satan's temptations. Because when he went into the wilderness, Satan came to him and tempted him three times. He was questioning his identity by, by saying the word, if, if, if you are the Son of God. 
So his identity was being questioned. And how many of us do we have our identity questioned at times by Satan? And so, you know, you just go back even to the um, Adam and Eve. Satan did the same thing there. If, did God say, did God say. He questioned God. They made, us, they made him question. Um, Luke 4, verses 1 through 12. This is when Jesus was in the wilderness. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And those, in those days he ate nothing. And afterwards, when he had ended, those days had ended, he was hungry. And when the devil said to them, here we go, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered him and saying, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. And then the devil, taking him up in a high mountain, showed him the kingdoms the world of the world in the moment of time. And the devil said to him, All authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, this will all be yours. I want to stop there and concentrate on verse 6 for a moment. You see, that the devil did not steal those, the, the authority and the keys of God's domain. It was given to them. It was given to by the fall of man because he, they, they got questioned in their identity. Adam and Eve gave it away, what should have been rightfully ours. But Jesus, Jesus came to take those things, to take those keys back of dominion. And Jesus answered him and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and only him you shall serve. Then he brought him up to Jerusalem and set him on the high pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him and said, it has, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. As you can see, Satan was there to try to get Jesus off track of who he was. His, he came with a purpose. He came with one thing in mind, and that was to redeem mankind. To show his heart show that he is good God. Satan also knew that Jesus came to reclaim claim the keys or the, 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 uh, to reclaim the authority that man had given him in the garden in Eden. We talked about that just a little bit ago. But here's the cool thing. The father wanted Satan to be defeated by man and one man in his image. God had a plan. And I really believe that plan is even involves you and I. So Jesus took upon himself the limitations of man and emptied himself of his rights as God had defeated Satan on the cross by shedding the blood as the son of man.
As we have received the work of Christ on the cross for salvation, we have been grafted into the, that same, very same victory. We can walk with the same authority that Jesus walks in. We have, the right, we have the right to dispel the darkness of the world. We have the right to cast out those things that are not of, the, of, the, of God at all. You know, I think the children of Israel, when they were walking through the wilderness, they forgot this. They forgot this you know. And that's why they were so, you know, like, you know, judgment was on them. Because they didn't trust God. They didn't, didn't trust who he was. That's the whole thing right there. We have to trust who he is and who we are in him to trust him because we know. we got to know who we are and draw upon that. Jesus defeated Satan, rising triumphant with the keys over all, including the death, hell, and the grave. So how does this affect us? In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus declared, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. I, I forgot to put the rest of them in there because that's the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Yeah. And that's even part, I think that's really, you know, if you look at our mission statement, I think, can, Chad, can you put that up there? Serving sacrificially, speaking truth, live holy and globally. Go globally. We are to go globally in the supernatural power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Calling all people to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So that, that the commission that Jesus sent, gave, is also in our mission statement. In this, in this passage, Jesus was saying, I got the keys, and now... You, and he's giving them back to us to reclaim what was lost. We are, you know, Adam and Eve were supposed to till the garden and the dominion. They failed. But now we have the right to take it back. And Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 6 and 16 and 19, or 16, verse, chapter 16, verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in heaven. So we have, so he's given us the same keys. The keys of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. So what has taken place in heaven should be released into the earth. You know, in the Lord's Prayer it says, Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are to proclaim the kingdom. We are to proclaim the goodness of God. You know, just as Jesus said in Luke 4, 8, uh, 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set liberty to all those who are oppressed. That's our mission. That's our mission. Because Jesus wants an inheritance. He wants his inheritance. And like I said, 
in, uh, I think it's chapter what, one in Ephesians, and then about the, it talks about the inheritance. We have to, he's wanting us to give, you know, we are his inheritance, but we can't be the only inheritance. He, he wants the world. He wants everything, his creation. What everything is created in, he wants to, he's created in his image. He wants, you know, and it's our job to get out there and proclaim the goodness of God, that there is a God, for one thing. A lot of people blame God for things that aren't really his fault at all. Because we still have an enemy out there who likes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's like a roaring lion to see whom he may devour. But Jesus came, Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And how do we live that abundant life? Go out and proclaim who God is and who Jesus is. We have to go out there and proclaim the goodness of God so we can dispel and disperse the darkness. You know, even in Max, 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 Acts, <laughs> wow, we're maximizing it tonight, okay? <laughs> Acts 10.38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and healing all were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, and the Father wanted Satan defeated by man, one by the ones made in his image. You know, we have that same authority. We have that same power because he has anointed us to preach the good news. I believe a few years ago there was a song, and it was back when those, when was that? There was a song out there about preaching the good news. I can't remember when it was. Way, it was back a few years ago. But that song was really anointed. He has anointed me to preach the good news. I want to just, this is coming to the end here. It's, I just want to say that freely we have received. Now freely we must give. We must go out and preach the good news. Am I there yet? Not totally. Do I live my life as an example? I hope so. You know, the smallest things we do speak volumes just the little things you know every morning I get up and this is you know I don't know if this is I, I believe it's the goodness of God I said good morning Lord thank you for another day of breath of life I'm bringing honor to him and seeing his goodness in my life every one of us have to have the goodness of God residing in us. This needs to be an internal perspective. Besides that, it has to be, we have to have that so internally that we live it every day. You know, when situations come up and arise, we've got to say, okay, God, what are you saying here? But also declare the goodness of God in those situations. You know, I've been listening to uh, Sean Bowles. Uh, he's got a prophetic series out. And it just really, Mike, if you want to get ready to come up. So it just really kind of, I kind of was really shocked at what this one, this one teaching he said. He said that, how about if we start seeing 
the goodness in people instead of the bad. Because God has put every goodness in every person that's out there, regardless what we see on the outside. You know, he was even saying how he took some men in, well, young, young men at times, and he's saying that, you know, they were dirty, smelly language. You know, he didn't have very good language. But yet, as he started speaking and, and he became a co-leader in his, you know, for Sean, and how he opened doors for him that he would have never been able to open in the entertainment world. So I want to encourage you, everyone, to look at, to, to look at the eternal perspective of who God is and what he has done for you. You know, he has done so much for me, my family, you know, and I'm going to probably, I hope my daughter's okay with this, but there was a time where I didn't know where, she, where she's going to end up. She even left and lived back home. But an incident happened where she was she wasn't living the way she should, you know. She had a a, a friend who stabbed her in the arm and it came that close to a main artery in her life. But she came home. She came home. And that is good. That's good news. You know, and also, my wife, the goodness of God. You know. I know. Absolutely. She takes good, very good care of me. But you know, that's the goodness of God. And so I, I, thank, I thank God for her. You know, this, this song we're getting ready to sing, or Mike is going to get ready to lead here, it's titled The Good, Good Father. And this is the, probably the chorus. It says, you are a good, good father. That's who you are, that's who you are, that's who you are. And I am loved by you. He loves us. And he loves his creation that's out there that is lost. And guess what? Let's go get him. This is who I am. It is who I am. It is who I am.